So one of the things that's important uh, to me for David's notes is not just focusing on the newest content produced, like taking notes on the newest podcasts or the newest lectures, the newest um, talks given by entrepreneurs. It's also to go and, and search through history and find things that are still valuable and relevant. And this is an example of that because Jeff Bezos gave a TED Talk. It's called The Electricity Metaphor for the Web's Future. And if I don't know exactly when it was put out, but if you watch the video, you can see he looks drastically different. He's given it, I would estimate, about 15 years ago, sometime, a few years after um, the first internet bubble, or I guess the only internet bubble so far. Um, so that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I'm just going to jump into it because I've never heard anybody else think about the internet like Jeff. And if you listen to my podcast I did on Founders Podcast, where I read every single one of Jeff Bezos' shareholder letters and just told you what I learned, um, the the way I found that podcast was on this other email newsletter that I'm a part of, and they're like, hey, you know, here are the takeaways that, that we got from from reading all the shareholder letters. And they said something in particular that I thought was interesting. And it said something like, um, you know, learn from the person that mastered uh, founding and running a high growth internet business before a playbook was even written. And that is really interesting to me because the more I study Jeff Bezos, the more I realize like he's kind of alone in his knowledge um, about the future of work, what the internet impact on society. And I just think like the more I'm exposed to his ideas, the more I think um, I constantly learn. All right, so let me just jump into it. And so first he's going to talk about, listen, we need an analogy for this new thing called the internet because that's how humans relate to things. We, you know, most of us reason from analogy. And he says, the internet is so incredible, it's hard to get the right analogy for it. A lot of how we decide how we react to things and what to expect about the future depends on how we categorize them. Okay. The tempting analogy for the boom bust of the internet is the gold rush, which you've probably heard um, like that analogy drawn. So what I love about this talk, he spends the first half of the talk drawing that analogy and why so many people use it. And then he dismantles why it's not actually accurate. So he said, um, this is how the internet and the gold, uh, he's going to list some, some ways the internet rush and the gold rush were similar. Both were very real. There was a huge boom. Uh, there was a huge bust. Both of them had lots of hype. Uh, but in, in both the gold rush and the internet rush, so many people left what they were doing to join both the gold rush and the internet rush, meaning they switched careers. Doctors, uh, he used example um, in the talk of like doctors were successful practices in the 1800s quit and rushed to California to try to, to make, you know, speculate and, and get rich really fast. Um, he says in the gold rush, people literally jumped ship. San Francisco Harbor was clogged with 600 abandoned ships. Entrepreneurs turned the ships into hotels. Uh, there was in the gold rush, they had a bad burn rate. They loaded up the mules and their horses and they didn't plan right. They didn't know how far they had to go. And it was so bad that the horses died, that most of the horses died before they could get where they were going. The same thing happened in the internet rush. There was very bad burn rate calculations. So he used an example. There was a company that used to exist called rbeginning.com. Um, they spent $3.5 million in an ad for the Super Bowl when they only had a million dollars in revenue. So it's probably not a good idea, right? Um, now he gets to the point, he's like, this is where the analogy starts to diverge. In the gold rush, when it is over, it is over. And this is the most important part of the talk for us, in my opinion. And it's also a reason to be incredibly optimistic that one, we're alive in the age of the internet, and two, realizing that we're at the very, 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 very early days still. He says, there's a much better analogy that allows you to be incredibly optimistic, and that analogy is the electric industry. There are a lot of similarities between the internet and the electric industry. They are both thin, horizontal, enabling layers that go across a lot of different industries. 
It is not a specific thing. So electricity is not one specific thing as far as what they enable, and neither, neither does the internet. Uh, they both can be used to... Uh, to, uh, they can both be used for incredible means of transmitting power, and it is an incredible mean. They're both an incredible means of communicating information flows. And he continues. He says, "The part of the electric revolution I want to focus on is the golden age of appliances." And this is the 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 great metaphor for where he feels we're at, we're at in the um, the internet age right now. So he says, "The killer app that got the world ready for appliances was the light bulb." He makes a really good point here. He says they weren't thinking about appliances when they wired the world, meaning with electricity. They weren't even putting electricity into the home. That was just a means to an end, right? They were putting lighting into the home. So that's what he means. You're not going to have appliances and all the stuff that electricity, um, once everybody's wired up, actually uh, like all the opportunities um, that were coming later in the future without having lighting first. Right, so they were just using electricity to do lighting, and then as a result of having electricity in the home, now you could build all these other things on top of the electric revolution. So you see that where the metaphor is going. Um, so he said appliances benefit. Oh, I guess I just kind of stepped over my own point or his point. Appliances benefited from the heavy infrastructure that was laid down by the electric revolution. Why is this similar to the internet? How is this similar to the internet? Well, the internet got to stand on top of all the heavy infrastructure that was put in place because of the long-distance telephone network, right? So all those those wires that had to be dug up and ran all over the, the country and all over the world that had to, that the internet was first built on, right, uh, would have only benefited because the telephone came first. Um, so he says a long-distance telephone. Um, so at the beginning of the, uh, the golden age of appliances, they hadn't yet invented the... So this is how how he talks uh, a lot in the talk about how we're still very primitive. We think that there's like this veneer of um, like uh, technological advancement. But if you really think about it, like it's no difference in the golden age of appliances because appliances, um, which I didn't know before I listened to this talk was they didn't, there was no such thing as an electric outlet, right? So if you wanted to run an appliance, you'd unscrew a light bulb and you'd screw in the, the appliance, the cord for the appliance into the light socket. Okay, so that's pretty crazy. He says, at the beginning of the age of the golden age of appliances, they hadn't yet invented the off switch. That came much later. They hadn't even invented the electrical outlet either. So he says, if you think of the internet in terms of the gold rush, you would be pretty depressed right now. That's why he doesn't like that analogy. The last nugget of gold would already be gone. However, with innovation, there isn't a last nugget. Every new thing creates two new questions and two new opportunities. And so where does Jeff think we are at in this, the age of the internet? He says we're at the 1908 Hurley washing machine stage of the internet. That is the level of primitiveness of where we are. And I linked in the notes if you, in case you want to see what this thing looked like. And then he continues. If you really do believe it is the very, very beginning, then you're incredibly optimistic. I do think there is more innovation ahead of us than there is behind us. We are very, very early. And I would just add, it's only too late if you're just going to go out and copy with our, what's already been done. But what he just said, with innovation, there isn't a last nugget of gold to mine. Every new thing creates two new questions and two new opportunities, and this will continue in the future. So it's our obligation to go out there and seize that opportunity.